Welcome listeners to the 31st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me today is powerful wizard Christopher Wikström. Our co-wizard Robin Svensson is on vacation mode tonight. The very best of welcome to you, dear listeners. Hello everybody, I hope you're doing well and I hope that Robin's pre-vacation travel prep is going well. Let's see if he's as as routinated, if that's the word for it, as he is when he's preparing for tournament. Impossible, I'd say. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found every week on the Top Tech app. In tonight's episode, we will, as this is approaching the new year, talk a little bit about our first year of podcasting, soon to be 31 episodes under our belt. How about that, Christopher? Yeah, it's insane. It feels like we just started it. But at the same time, yeah, this is the 31st episode. So it's uh, we've kept the machinery running. Yeah, we missed one week for the year where we had some sort of too many children were ill, too much was happening at work and school and so on and so forth. But I think, you know, 31 or 32 weeks since we started, uh, it's an okay consistency. I am, uh, you know, pat on the back to us. Yeah, we got trinisphered pretty hard that week. <laughs> this is very <laughs> true. This is very true. But this is the Stockholm Legacy Report, and launching it, of course, one of the first questions you would ask yourself that in a year of COVID where paper play wasn't sort of routinely happening at all when we started the podcast, other than on sort of weekly Discord gatherings of just a couple of people, and now we have paper play organized, but of course, also due to COVID, this isn't in huge numbers compared to what we had before, what we might be used to. So the sort of it, it begs the question: Is the local meta enough to fill a weekly podcast? What would you say, Christopher? Yeah, I think I think that's really one of the the things that I personally appreciate. Also, when I'm listening to to other podcasts, specifically hearing about how people, you know, when they go to different stores, have a different experience, and I'm not really sure like how much COVID has affected that for a lot of for a lot of players but uh, i do know that whenever i hear um, some other podcasts where one of the hosts has gone to a tournament and you know actually played paper and uh, heard about their interactions with other players uh, that's always been sort of a highlight and for me i do also believe that you know if if you only look at uh, like online result, um, a lot of those those players are really great. You know, the, the people playing online, and uh, the the like person, the individual aspect of each opponent really plays a big part for me when I'm playing against people. When I'm hearing about how your experience was at one week or like a, a small 1.2k or what have you. So I, I really think like having one specific local meta that we have and looking at that really gives an angle that you might not get from from another podcast that perhaps specifies on either their meta or uh, legacy, like uh, overall, like uh, just an overview of legacy or what decks that have performed. So I really think that it's a really nice center to build a pod around. You know, I perfectly agree. I mean, the the it's really a thing of, in my view, that less is more. With a sort of weekly city-based or even LGS-based meta, there isn't a multitude of 
people or decks to talk about. You have a material, a sample that's what it is. And then you have to see, okay, what can you make of that? But that's the thing I personally really like about radio as a format is that the smaller you go or the narrower you discuss, I think the better it gets. I mean, one of my uh, previous favorite legacy podcasts that went on for a while is a couple of years ago and I can't even remember the name of it and I tried to search for it but it's sort of gone from all the feeds were the couple of guys who they recorded the podcast in the car on the way back from the LGS every Friday mm. and just talked straight up about their matches the audio quality obviously wasn't fantastic there was you could hear sort of the sound of the of the, of the steering wheel being turned someone <laughs> honking a horn it was really in the moment uh, and, and very focused on sort of what just happened at the LGS and I love that narrowness and I really think that if we can channel some of that I think we're sort of doing a good job perhaps putting some content out there that people will enjoy and i think i mean people are enjoying it as we said a couple of weeks ago we have about 50 percent of our listeners in sweden and 50 percent outside of sweden and i think that's super fun because that i assume tells us that people outside of our narrow city lgs based meta and content are interested in that and that makes me really really happy uh, very glad to have all of you listeners here. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like the thing that you said about uh, talking about your LGS experience. I don't know how many people, when, they, when they've gone and ha- like played a four-round tournament or something like that at their LGS, uh, when they commute home or take a, a car with friends or what have you, there's always this how was your tournament or experience talk going on. And there's been a lot of car drives where uh, I've gone with uh, Robin or other people. We had this, uh, we, we live pretty, pretty close in Stockholm, like a, a gang of us. And we sometimes had the luxury of uh, taking the car back. And uh, it was like super cozy, you know, imagine some imaginary lo-fi music in the background. It's dark because, yeah, it's Sweden. And uh, everyone's just talking about like how their Delver matchup is or how, like what they really enjoy, what they're going to try out for next week. And it's just like a really cozy, uh, like camaraderie moment that I, I really enjoy. And a lot of those uh, topics that we shared in, in the car rides, I, I would just love to have as podcast material. Like when we, <laughs> when we were driving home from Borås uh, SM, when we played the Nationals, uh, there were so many moments that would have just been like excellent podcast material and some that was just like shit posting, uh, which I'm guilty of. But it was like, uh, I definitely, I definitely like that aspect of it. The very casual, you know, drive home. I think Legacy Breakfast also had like a tournament report where they were like three people in the car and they were talking a bit like pre-tournament, during tournament and on the way home. And it, it's just super cozy. I really dig that. No, for sure. And f- for me, it's also you know pushing sort of. I'm gonna be middle aged soon, not quite yet, but sort of I'm you know getting there slowly. And talking about your your personal play with people who are in the same circle, in the same at the same tables, uh, lit- literally speaking, the same gaming tables. It's like being you know 22 
and taking the underground home with the one person that lives sort of on the stop next to yours discussing the Saturday tournament you just played for, you know, seven, eight hours. And uh, doing this podcast has also been so far a little bit of, you know, me feeling young again. And uh, I enjoyed that. That's why you recruited me. <laughs> so you're like, oh, but but being that young doesn't always come with benefits. <laughs> this is my mouse now hovering the mute button, making this a solo podcast for tonight. No, seriously, doing this podcast weekly with the uh, content that we put out, it is, um, you know, slightly taxing on energy, perhaps. Would you say that 30 plus episodes in, is it worth it for you? For sure. And like when you do have extra time, you know, preparing for an episode or something like that, it doesn't necessarily translate into like more valuable podcast, but sometimes you can have more specific content. Like during the summer, I had a lot of time, like time off because uh, I was in between terms in school. So, you know, just uh, putting in that extra time when I had it, was felt really nice and valuable when I had a apothecary brewing part. Also, you know, getting taking some extra time to pick out what lands you wanted for the basic land connoisseur, just scouring some extra results to see if you yeah, if you're up up to date discussing the meta or if your if your talking points are on point and still relevant. Like I do this because I I actually I, I just really love legacy and I think the more I get to hear about other people's experiences and their meta games and whatever drives them and makes them happy, that's like great for me. I love content like that. So whenever I get get the chance to put out some of that, like some of my own thoughts about it, I really appreciate it. And it definitely makes it worth it. But then again, like you're doing all of the the editing, <laughs> how is it from your side? I mean, of course, it's it's definitely worth it. It's a lot of work some some weeks, especially when we had guests and you have four different audio files and you need to make them sound as nice as you can. You know, we record through an, a web-based tool. Everyone has a different setup at home. Sometimes it's a bit challenging, but I mean, it's it's so worth it. I mean, basically what, I'm, what I want to do is I want to make a podcast that I would want to listen to myself. And we've touched upon this a couple of times, I mean, during our episodes that, in my view, I mean, Legacy is such a community-driven format of Magic Gathering and Paper Legacy even more so. You need to have these very committed people in the community to just make this happen. And this is something that I think that you and I and, and, and Robin have some some you know flair for. We can do this one thing. We can do this podcast to sort of help strengthening the I guess, primarily legacy paper community in Sweden, but of course, legacy paper enthusiasts everywhere who can be perhaps inspired or, you know, just feel good about listening to this the same way that other people spend a lot of time and energy organizing local events or organizing national events. Because these events in in paper legacy, they really do not organize themselves. They need to be driven by very strong figures in the community to make them happen and i think this is one thing that we can do to contribute to that general pool of positive energy sort of trying to say that without sounding too cheesy but (laughs) i really think you need to have that positive energy because otherwise if people you know 
are just grumpy, you know, go play League of Legends online or something. I don't know. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. No, but I, I, I definitely agree. And I think, um, I think that's uh, the key component to why it's worth it. So, 30 plus episodes in, first year in the books, which were our favorite segments in recording this podcast? What would you say, Christopher? What's your favorite part? Oof, that's really, it's hard to, it's it's really hard to pinpoint. I really enjoy having a variety of, of different guests on. And we've only had uh, like Swedish guests so far. And uh, that's I, I, I guess that's because we're a, a quote-unquote based uh, <laughs> based podcast. But I really I have really enjoyed trying out different things from just like our first episodes, just going strictly to you know this is uh, what I played and these were my matches to you know making thinning that down a bit and adding things like the basic land connoisseur and uh, like the brewers apothecary and maybe just talking tournament prep or stuff like that uh, like a lot of segments are things that we can bring back and i think if any of the listeners like listening to this had like a specific segment that they wish would come back or hear more of like just let us know because we we love you know interacting with you all. For me, it's been really inspiring, truly inspiring, to do the basic land connoisseur panel. I mean, previously I would sort of just always, if I played Legacy in paper, which is basically the amount of gathering I get to play these days uh, as a parent and you know working person and so on. I would always just default to whichever alpha or beta land I liked the best and put s- sort of similar copies of those respective basic lands in all of my legacy decks and that would be it because i truly thought that there really are no other better lands like sure there is great art but no lands will ever be better than these lands they will just always outsmart anything else or outclass anything else and the basic land connoisseur panel with the two of you has really proved me wrong in that it's it's opened my eyes to so much other art because I've had to challenge myself to sort of, okay, now you, in, in the first time we did that, I think we did Blue Red Delver the first time, and I presented basically Better Island, Better Mountain. And, you know, those were, you know, good choices. They're, they're, they're great basic lands, but then I've shown, yeah, then I've chosen them, you know, for a deck. And sure, I could put sort of the, one of the islands in a merfolk discussion perhaps another time, but then I, you have to sort of move on creatively. And I enjoy. Because, I mean, Basic Land is all about aesthetics, art, a feel for your deck. And to me, being pushed out of my sort of aesthetic comfort zone really made me discover a lot of really good land art that is in Magic the Gathering. And that I think at least I have completely underappreciated before doing this podcast. Because I always defaulted to sort of alpha, beta, basics are the best ones, period. And that made me just never look any other direction, which I think was a flaw. 
in my aesthetics when it comes to playing this game. And I would say playing this game in paper, very few who do, do not care about aesthetics at all. On the contrary, a lot of people who play this game in paper care a lot about aesthetics. I have grown as a person, <laughs> I would say. And uh, was really happy last week when I could play my Mono Green Cloud Pose and my Bob Ross Basics. It felt uh, excellent. Yeah, I really think uh, when you when you think about what what is your favorite basic, like in a vacuum, it's pretty easy to go to maybe Alpha Beta or stuff like that. But when you have to put them into a context, the answer changes quite a bit because uh, I know I know like for a fact that a lot of people really enjoy like uh, John Avon Lance, and it's one of the artists that hasn't really been featured that much in our panel, uh, which is. Also strange because John Avon makes amazing land art, but for the decks that we have talked about, it hasn't really been the case that much, which is also interesting. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I think what we challenged ourselves to do, and I think that was really fun, was to sort of, okay, this is an objectively really good land art. You can take any John Avon, you know, full art or the basic land art that he's done for sort of regular sets. You can just slap that up and say, this is great art. This is this is a lovely looking forest or plains or whatever. But do they fit this specific deck? No, they do not. Because this deck has an aesthetic theme, which is telling a story. Like Death and Taxes, for example. You can tell multiple stories with that deck. You can sort of, is this the story of the heroic Thalia, who against all odds is trying to sort of keep Thraben safe from, uh, you know, unspeakable horrors, only to find out in the end that the Avacyn church is sort of super corrupt and Avacyn is trapped in the hell vault with the demon and so on and so forth. Or you can tell the story about sort of, you can tell a white weenie story, which is a different story with that tech. And which one of these two stories you want to tell can affect your choice of aesthetics for these decks in terms of card art and, I think, most importantly, basic land art. Same thing for, you know, a show-and-tell deck. You want to tell the story about the sneak attack dragon lurking behind the mountain, or do you want to tell a story about Emrakul, the Aeon's Torn? Again, two different basic lands, probably, depending on which story you feel that you want to tell with the exact same 75 as someone else. And again, like very few people who play Paper Legacy would be happy if the cards were just named by number, like W54526 has the effect blah. Like no one would play that uh, if you can play something called Thalia, Guardian of Thraven instead, right? I would say that when it comes to gameplay, I'm a pretty mechanical player. I still do care about the the creature like uh, what the creature and spell how they look and feel because force of will for me as an example definitely feels a lot different if it's the like original Therese Nielsen fav or something else and I just I do think like the different flavors that you can like tune your deck to uh, really helps you also express like what kind of player you are or how you associate yourself with the deck that you're playing. So I definitely think, you know, having the the most base component being basic lands as a as a thing to compare and talk about has been really interesting. And it's definitely something I want to do more in the next year. And we'll see what decks we will talk about then. I know some bangers that we still haven't gone into is this my moment where I get to say, we're going to talk about Allure and Basics? But 
then again, it plays no basics. So that's pretty much why we haven't really talked about that too much. We're going to talk about survival basics as well. Ooh, yeah, yeah that. in some bonus segment at some <laughs> point. But I mean, you also care about the sex. I mean, you'll foil out your paper decks, right? I mean, that's a huge commitment right there to aesthetics. Yeah, like some of them I do, some I don't. Like, uh, like I learn. Yeah, sure. Like it's one of the decks that I really care about and and play a lot. But uh, for instance, um, I have played. Uh, I've I've built and played eight cast just uh, recently, and uh, there are some other decks like uh, smokestacks. When I'm playing a stack deck, it's completely non-foil. Uh, some some aesthetics, some aesthetics, like I, I guess that it kind of has to do with how much the deck means to me. Like personally, I could foil out the deck that is completely shit, but it means something to me. Like it has a special place for me. I'm I'm one of those <laughs> I'm one of those suckers that gets the the foil cards uh, for a deck that I really enjoy. But for me, it's it's super worth it. I really enjoy it. It's putting in that extra time and energy. You know, getting getting some copies. Like the hardest copy of a foil card that I ever tried to get was Bone Shredder <laughs> from Ursa's Legacy. I think uh, in foil, like way back. And it was just, I didn't have like the magic card market or something like that. On our Swedish, you know, trading uh, forum, they were just impossible to find. But then out of nowhere, I went to my old LGS in the city I used to live in, Uppsala, and they had one copy. So I just picked it up and it was insane. I had, I had been looking for it for maybe eight months. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the search. It's the special sauce. Yeah, and, and, and those are all things that really do not affect sort of the outcome of a match but they matter a lot i think to a lot of people who do play paper legacy i mean the most listeners reactions like you know people reaching out to us in those social media or direct messages uh, the most interactions and most sort of uh, shout outs or or additions to the discussion i should say from our listeners is when we have these aesthetics discussions like what's a good deck pick what's a good basic land that gets the most uh, comparatively a lot more people going than uh, many other subjects or topics which i find uh, interesting but also telling because i think it shows that we hopefully add something to the general discussion about paper legacy and if we've done that uh, that makes me really happy so thank you everyone who, who sort of keep reaching out no one mentioned unforgotten it's it's super nice and really rewarding for us to get that interaction so thanks a lot Christopher, looking forward to 2022. I mean, this is, after all, the end of the year. Do you have any uh, any hopes, any any wishes, any 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 scares for the coming year? I definitely have some. Uh, there are some things that I'm really looking forward to, and it's you know continuing the podcast and uh, bringing more guests on, and uh, also continuing uh, some of the segments that we that we've done. It's been really fun having guests on that you don't really know that well to get their point of view of how perhaps like we've had two people talking about their legacy, like a, a big tournament legacy 
uh, finish. Uh, like two people uh, coming on talking about that. We've had a, a notorious high tide uh, specialist over talking, you know, about their perspective on on legacy and uh, what what they enjoy playing and what drives them. So you know, having more of that, you know, personal touch of different guests is something I really look forward to. And uh, also just uh, in general, I really enjoy seeing where the both LGS play uh, will go. Like sure, that's also a scare now with uh, some increasing numbers <laughs> in of certain diseases. But I do see a lot of light in the tunnel. We have a really engaged uh, like community that cares a lot about each other and the, the play. And that's something I really think is worth shouting out. There's a lot of things a lot of things to look forward to. I'm uh, definitely scared about, I'm doing my, my candidate, my uh, exam paper and the research uh, this year, starting in January. So that's gonna be scary. And uh, we'll see how many apothecary <laughs> sessions there will be, probably not that many until summer. Unless you sort of start to procrastinate this uh, exam paper and be like ooh but instead of doing all these things i want should do i'm gonna brew with uh, hmm, these obscure <laughs> cards that are in the bottom of my drew of my brew drawer fun excellent content i hope my uh, exam like my research partner isn't listening but yeah like for sure like uh, whenever a new card is spoiled i'm my eyes are on that so <laughs> Hopefully, there won't be too many spicy spoilers uh, during my research time. I do also think like it's healthy to to take some time off and uh, do some things you really care about besides work and uh, besides school. Just this week, I did make a pretty spicy addition to my checkpile uh, list that I've talked about that I haven't tried out yet, but I decided to you know cut a certain card and add a seven drop in Valky slash Tibalt. So that's going to be fun oh my to, God. to try out. <laughs> yes, sir. Bring it. You can exile that choke. It's great. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best way to remove a choke. Like, no, I will not add the case in my sideboard. I will die on that hill. I'm very glad that you die on that hill for all of us. So what about you, Victor? So from my side, 2022, I am looking forward to... I mean, I do think that COVID numbers will peak sometime this winter so perhaps towards the early summer most of society could have gone back to normal we're gonna see covid become an endemic that we sort of learn to live with somehow at least i have strong hopes for that to happen then again when this hit us in the swedish in the swedish timeline in early march of 2020 in my at my office my team the, we got to make predictions and sort of how long is lockdown and staying at home going to going to going to have going to happen and i sort of hit the hammer with the longest prediction i predicted that we b- wouldn't be back in at work before 28th april of the same year and people laughed at me and they're like, no, this is going to be like two or three weeks at tops. Whew. And um, I mean, if we're lucky, we're sort of allowed normalcy in 28th of April, you know, two years later. So let's hope for that. But my hope so strongly for this is partly because I love Paper Legacy, but also because I, as mentioned, I think in the last week's episode, I really love what our LGS has got going 
just these days. They've opened a bar and restaurant area adjacent to the playing area. That's just going to make the whole experience of playing tournaments in paper so much better. I mean, uh, for a weekly evening, just going for a beer after finishing play, that's going to be awesome. But also for sort of larger weekend tournaments like... 1.5 case or something where sort of food and lunch and beverages is always a challenge so you have to go somewhere get some quick sort of a sausage or a wrap or something completely useless for lunch instead you can just sort of finish your round walk into the fucking restaurant order proper food sit down and then just walk back into the playing area that's going to be fantastic alpha bar people in stockholm go there throw your money at these people they have something really good going on we should really use that to our advantage and pleasure i think Uh, but for the podcast i also as you do uh, i think we should uh, try to look at uh, developing or evolving even further the the guests because there are many interesting people in the swedish legacy community who have things to contribute but when it comes to sort of deck innovation, when it comes to being community people who make sure that we can have this community and people who just are generally really good players uh, that can come on as guests and talk about how excellent they are. We hope to have many of you out there (laughs) come join us in the next year. That's going to be great. And uh, that is all we have for uh, this week. We hope you have enjoyed this uh, retrospect with the two of us. Uh, of 2021 and we wish you a happy new year if you had fun uh, want to support the show you can help us grow by telling a friend that really helps if you want to reach out to us a great way is to join our discord server you can find a link in the episode information you could also hit us up on twitter it's uh, at sthlm legacy at stockholm legacy we are also present personally on some social media christopher where can listeners find you yeah you can find me on at monolithmtg on twitter and uh, you can find all of us on the Discord server, so just write us. And you can also find me on Twitter at Discord Drogo if that tickles your fancy. That is the end of the 31st episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Christopher Wikström. My name is Victor Bernhards. Warm thank you to you for listening. Also thanks to the great Frenes who has written our music. You can check them out on Spotify. Until next time, do enjoy the bubblies.